today. I believe God's going to do some stuff in this house. If you're a guest or a visitor here today, we just want to let you know how grateful we are that you are here. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. And what you might need to understand is that our church has been on a journey the last several weeks. God has been dealing with us about this subject of submission, subject of authority. And I truly believe that God is about to demonstrate the supernatural power that he releases when he finds a church that is submitted one to another. I believe that's about to happen in this room in just a few moments. I honestly believe that we are going to witness the miraculous today. I honestly believe that there are greater portion of the will of God is going to be made manifest and realized in this room in the next few moments because the body of Christ has become uh, got into agreement and alignment with one another like we never have before and therefore the will of God can demonstrate itself like it never has before the word of the Lord speaks to us and tells us in Mark chapter 16 and verse 17, it says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, and it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall, somebody shout, they shall, they shall recover I think these verses are telling us that we'll experience the signs, the wonders, and the miracles in the same proportion in which we are willing to believe. So that lets us know that our belief of one God has led us to witness a percentage or certain level of the supernatural. Our belief in Jesus' name baptism has led us to witness some powerful things and our belief in the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues has opened us up to a higher level and a higher dimension of living and our belief of holiness and separation has ushered in a greater revelation of the power of God. But I also believe that God has peeled back another layer of his word these last few weeks in hopes that we would believe it as well. Come on, somebody. For he understands that if we could ever believe the fact that we need to have a submissive spirit, it would release the next level of God's anointing and the next level of miraculous power into this church. Oh, hallelujah. You believe that shout amen. amen now I want to show you something scripture I saw this the other day God began to deal with me about it John chapter 2 and verse 1 I'm going to speak today on this subject submitting for the supernatural submitting for the supernatural John chapter 2 and verse 1 in the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there and both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And 
when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus, and watch, the mother of Jesus said unto him, they have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. Now watch, watch verse 5. So his mother, Mary, said unto the servants, whatever he tells you to do, you do it. And it was Mary that was talking to him. She says, whatever he tells you to do, I want you to do it. Verse 6, and there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. And Jesus saith unto them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them to the brim. And he saith unto them, draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine. So here you find Jesus turned the water into wine. Thank you for singing the song today. But then look at verse 11, John chapter 2, verse 11. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee. So this was the first miracle. Stay with me. I'm not going to go long today. This was the first miracle that Jesus ever performed in earthly form. But here's what I want you to notice. There's a system of biblical study called the law of first mention. And what that means is that the first time that something is mentioned in Scripture, we need to pay close attention to it because it's there that we will get a fundamental, inerrant uh, meaning of whatever doctrine or truth that it's speaking about. In other words, we can learn a lot about a subject by studying out the first time that subject is mentioned in Scripture. Does that make sense? So we find that this story is the first time that Jesus performs a miracle in the New Testament. The law of first mention, I believe, would apply because it's the first time he does a miracle. So he'll go on to perform a lot of other miracles, but this is the first one. And therefore, it's the one we should look at in order to understand something about the doctrine of the miraculous and the supernatural. And here's the thing that I believe God wants to show this church at this time concerning this story. For when you read it, you will find that the servants first submitted themselves to Mary. <laughs> and because they submitted themselves to Mary, the miracle was poured out. For it was Mary that said, Whatever he tells you to do, you do. And so I can almost see him. They're standing before Jesus. And uh, you're Jesus, you're Mary. They're standing before Jesus. And, and he tells them to do something. They all kind of look at Mary. Is this what you told us to do? And she's just kind of like, yeah. So they're, sub yeah. they're submitted. They submitted to the request and the command of Mary first. Hallelujah. Now, here's what we got to understand. In, in that day and age, women didn't have a whole lot of authority. They weren't really looked up to uh, uh, in the eyes of society. But we find these servants submitting themselves to one whom others would deem as being beneath them. <laughs> and in so doing, it produced... The miracle. I believe the lesson here learned from the law of first mention is this.
the miraculous will be poured out when we get to the place that we can put one another in the place of authority and submit ourselves one to another. She wasn't a preacher. She wasn't a priest. She wasn't have some high office. And yet they said, I'm willing to submit myself to your authority. You spoke into my life. I will be obedient to that. And because they were submitted to one that may have been on their level or even a little lower in the eyes of society, the Lord could then step in and release a miracle in their midst. And that's exactly what I feel is about to happen in this place today. Because the last three weeks, we have been placing ourselves under the authority of one another and submitting ourselves one to another. Therefore, I believe that the miraculous power of God is about to be unleashed in this house and in this room. If you believe that, I want you to shout amen. We've been praying for greater revival. So God taught us about submission. We've been fasting for greater outpouring of God's spirit. So God taught us about submission. We've been believing for the next level anointing. So God taught us about submission. For he knows that when we get to the place where we're willing to submit one to another. No matter who they are. No matter what position society would put them in. And no matter what economic level they're on. And no matter what color their skin is. When we put them in authority over us. That's when he's going to open up the windows of heaven. And allow the supernatural power of his spirit to be encountered I feel the Holy Ghost in this room to be encountered in a way like we've never encountered it before I said all that to say this if you're sick in body today you've come to the right place if you need a miracle you've come to the right place if you need deliverance you've come to the right place and I don't say that because of how much power we have in this church. I say it because I realize how submitted we are in this church. And I understand that the miraculous will flow through submission. So you're in the right place. I said you're in the right place. You don't have to leave this place the same way you came today. Uh, I was talking with a buddy of mine and he... Same guy I was talking about this morning in the first service, and he was he was preaching some of this stuff as we began to share it, and God began to deal with him about it. He was preaching at some places that he was going, and one of the pastors he preached for began to tell him this story. He said, I, he said he went to a crusade over in England about 15 or 20 years ago. He said when he was there, every night of the crusade, this lady would show up that was possessed by a demon. She would disrupt. She would act out all kinds of stuff. Every night, Sister Vera, they'd pray for her. Every night she'd leave the same way she came. They'd pray for her, nothing happened. They'd pray for her, nothing happened. They'd pray for her, nothing happened. Night after night after night of this crusade, they'd pray for her, nothing happened. Finally, the last night came. They prayed for her, nothing happened. They were about to close everything down. And this young preacher just walked up to her, and, 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 and he wasn't speaking to the girl. He was speaking to the demon in the girl. And he said, I, I got to ask you a question. He said, why is it that we cannot cast you out? And the evil spirit speaking through that woman said these words. You cannot cast me out because there is no unity among you. What I want you to see is this. Hell itself 
realizes the power that flows through unity. Therefore, I'm a firm believer that hell is shaking in fear right now because it realizes that this is a church who has moved beyond the level of friendship and we have moved into a realm of being submitted one to another and unified one with another and therefore hell knows he can't stop us. He can't stop us. He can't stop Hell might have resisted us as long as we had strife and as long as we had bitterness in the body. But there's nothing he can do now to stop us once we've gotten to the place where we're esteeming one another higher than ourselves. He can't touch us. Hell cannot stop the revival that's going to flow out of submission one to another. He can't stop the miracles that are going to happen because of the fact we've placed one another in positions of authority. And hell can't stop what's about to happen in this room. Come on, if you believe it, put your hands together. Give God praise. Come on, let faith build in this room. I said hell can't stop what's about to happen in this room. There's unity in this room. Because we have had some times of serious repentance. Today you see us up and shouting and smiling and jumping and all this kind of stuff. But if you would have been here the last three weeks, you would have seen a ton of us on our face. Weeping and crying and repenting. Going one to another and begging forgiveness. It was tough and it was hard. But now there's unity. It's not perfect. It's, we're, we're growing in it. It's not complete. It's just the beginning. But we're a whole lot more unified today than where we were three weeks ago. There's unity in this room because we've humbled ourselves. And we've went to a brother or a sister and asked them to forgive us. There's unity in this room because we've searched our hearts and we've searched our souls. And we've stopped putting some people above us and some people beneath us and we've started simply putting everybody above us you're my authority you're my authority you're part of the body you're my authority and because there's unity in this room every attack of hell will be ineffective Mm. Mm. because there is unity in this room every addiction can be broken Because there is unity in this room, every sickness can be healed. Because there is unity in this room, every spirit of depression will have to leave. Mm. There's a boldness that comes with unity. that, that, that That I didn't know about until just right now. Say, there's a boldness that comes when you know you're not fighting stuff by yourself, but you know you are plugged in with the body of Christ. And you know you don't have aught against the brother, and you don't have this against the sister, and you're just all kind of out there all by yourself. But when you know you're arm in arm, arm in arm, hand in hand, one with another, there's a boldness. 
I said there's a Holy Ghost boldness that rests upon you that you can speak against things and it has to leave. You can speak to sickness and it has to leave you alone. You can stuff that could stay around because there was no unity now has to get up on out of here because you've been unified one with another in the brothers and sisters of the Lord. So I've come to speak to the spirit of depression right now and tell you you no longer are welcome in this room. I've come to speak to the spirit of diabetes right now and tell you you are no longer welcome. Or the spirit of infirmity tell you you are no longer welcome in this body of Christ. Come on, I want you to begin speaking some stuff. I want you to begin praying some. Come on, lift your hands, lift your hearts. This isn't about me today. It's about all of us. Come on. Watch, maybe see, look at at what the book says. Acts chapter 1, verse 23. And they appointed two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. Watch. So here we find the body of Christ filling in the void that was left by Judas. When Judas failed and when Judas faltered, it left an empty place in the body of Christ. And they were praying and they were seeking God in order to, in, in order to find out who they could esteem Who can we lift up to the lofty position of apostleship? You see, what happens is prior to this series, when we did not submit one to another, it left a vacancy. But when we, we began to submit one to another, we were doing, in essence, what they were doing here spiritually, what they were doing here physically, is we were putting people back, or we, and we were, we were filling those voids. Am I making any sense? We were filling those voids that we talked about earlier, that the whole body of Christ have gifts, but the only gifts we can receive from the body of Christ are those in whom we are submitted to. So we were missing out. There were so many empty places in my life because there were so many people that I wasn't submitted to. And so the body of Christ was like one, two, skip, one, two, one, two, skip. You know what I'm saying? There was a bunch of emptiness and voids in the body of Christ, even my own life and in your life. But as we began to talk about this and God began to speak to us, we began to put people back in their rightful place in our own minds. They were there, but we be, in, in our hearts, they weren't there. In our hearts, that place was empty. And so we began to put them back in their proper place and cause the body of Christ to, to be complete and whole again. And as soon as the body of Christ becomes complete 
And as soon as they showed in Acts 1 their willingness to, to esteem one of their own into a position of authority in order to bring a completeness and a wholeness to the body of Christ, look at what the very next verse says. Acts 2 and 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Church I want you to hear me right now whether we know it or not and God give us greater revelation of this truth the fire of the Holy Ghost and the outpouring of God's Spirit is just waiting on the body of Christ to become complete and to become whole and the moment we get complete and the moment we get whole the heavens are going to open and the power of the Holy Ghost is going to fall in this place And I absolutely believe that the process of completion and I absolutely believe that the process of wholeness has begun in this church. And therefore, I believe that an outpouring of God's power is going to soon follow after the likes of which we have never witnessed before. And it's going to start in just a few moments. Once the body of Christ in Acts 2 or Acts 1, once the body of Christ... Brother Hawk sent me something in the email the other day. Just began to show me some stuff about the body of Christ in the book of Acts. And how they were unified and how their unity caused explosive growth. Once the body of Christ became complete and whole in Acts 1. Then, then the Holy Ghost poured out first on the 120. But then it was 3,000. 120. And then 3,000. And then... Daily, such as should be saved. I've come to declare under the anointing of the Holy Ghost that what we witness in this place today is not the totality of what God will do in response to our obedience to his word these last few weeks, but rather it's just the start of what I saw. It's just the start. He poured out his power on 120, but then it was 3,000, and then it was daily such as should be saved. I believe that just as the New Testament church started off and then exploded from there, I believe submission is going to break down some walls that we can never break down before. I believe submission is going to usher us into an anointing like we've never experienced before. Submission is going to unleash the miraculous in these altars, the likes of which we've never seen uh, Sister Harmon where are you raise your hand I want, there she, I don't want to embarrass you I'm sorry if I did we've been praying for her she, she had some, some tests done and uh, two or three different tests right and the doctor said you had cancer there was a spot there and they, and they thought it might be cancerous and she was very concerned and, uh, and we started praying and remember a couple of weeks ago we had the prayer line Sister Harmon came walking through that prayer line. The body that was submitted to the body began to pray. Began to pray one for another. She just got back from the doctor just a couple of days ago. The, the doctors thought so much of it that uh, they sent her to the, to the surgeon. To the surgeon. 
and they, they, they got in there, and the surgeon looked at it, and he said, ma'am, he said, I have no idea why you're even here. I have no idea why they sent you. He said, we don't see anything. There's nothing there. Come on, I'm telling somebody in this house, the miraculous is going to be poured out in this room. The miraculous is going to be poured out in this church, the likes of which we've never seen. And this is just the beginning. This is just the start of what God is going to do in this place. Stand to your feet, give God praise. Stand to your feet and give God praise. Come on, stand to your feet and worship Jesus Christ in this house. God, you are in this place. You are in this house. So I don't want to embarrass anybody. Sister Kelly told me within the last week or so that she had some tests done, some different stuff, and and uh, I don't know all of it, but there was uh, they were thinking that she has some markers in in her in the test. There were certain markers that showed that she she. They might have uh, MS. But I believe God's going to heal her today. I believe it. I believe it. I absolutely believe it. Now, God can do what God wants to do, but I absolutely believe God's going to heal her today. Sister Kelly, I want you to come. I want you to stand right here. Now here's, here's what we're going to do. 